On this week's show, we're going to continue our core strategy series. This week, we're going to be talking about why maintenance agreements are not just good for you, but why are they good for the homeowner. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started with today's content, I want to throw out a special offer to all of you non-EGIA members. Click the Join button at the top right, then select the Plus Membership. We'll give you access to the full courses so you can start to take your business to the next level. Now, on last week's show, we talked about the mindset of the service agreement technician or the service technician who's selling that maintenance agreement, right? That's pretty important, and also why it's important to understand what's going on with your homeowners. This week, I want to talk about, you know, what are the real benefits to the homeowner of having a service agreement? We always look at it why it's great for the company, right? Because we want that maintenance agreement, you know, foundation for our company. But it's important to understand why it's a good for the homeowner as well. So I'm going to share with you some content, some clips from Gary Ellix's training that talks about the features and benefits of the homeowner agreement, the maintenance agreement, and why it's good for the homeowner. We offer precision tune-up. We offer a safety check. Those are basically products that are low cost, designed to get us in the door. It's about getting data. It's about getting to the equipment. It's about getting to the homeowner. Then we have a club agreement that's one year. We have a club agreement that's three, five, seven, and ten years. So those are, that's a whole platform. We have an extended warranty agreement for a year, and then we have a 10-year extended warranty agreement. So we've got lots of products now that are part of the portfolio, but it didn't start that way. We started off with a baseline product of a one-year maintenance program, and that was it, and we got good at it, and we said, we're going to learn how to do this really, really well. We're going to block, we're going to tackle, and we're going to get excellent at it. So we want to train our service professionals on what the products are. We want to make sure that we understand not only the product, but we understand the actual benefits. So a lot of times what happens is there's a feature, and the feature might be, you know, I'm going to clean your coil, and that's nice. That doesn't mean anything to my wife. I'm going to clean your coil, and that's going to save you money is the benefit. So what we need to do is we need to understand how the product here relate down to the benefit structures down here. Now this uh, blue area of benefits is just an example. I'm not saying that that's your company's benefit plan. I am suggesting that from a product point of view, the consumer does not know what the product is. We have to communicate that. That's our job. So we have to break through the economic problem. We have to break through the emotional problem, get them in a good place. We have to let them know we have a plan. We've got this, uh, you know, we've, we know how to solve this. We have the part, we can make the repair. Once we move that forward, that gives us the opportunity to talk about whatever product your company has. So let's break this down. Phase two. One of the things that we teach our guys, and I think it's useful for you, is the value of the maintenance agreement. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean that each maintenance task, so if this is 169, our value of our maintenance is about $1,200. How do we come up with that? Well, we sat down and we simply looked at the maintenance agreement that I'll show you over here, and we said, if we were going to execute each one of these repairs, what is it that we would charge in the open marketplace? So if a customer called us with a breakdown and we had to actually execute the crisis repair, and we looked at that and we added up as a, as a set of stacked repairs, with, even with the discounts, what does the value translate to to the client? And the answer, it's, about, it's worth about $1,200. So $1,200 versus the price of the actual agreement at $169 is 
Seems like a really good economic deal. But again, remember, the client is in a position where I'm maybe paying $650 today. Why do I want to give you another $169? I'm not in a good place this way. So this issue of understanding how the value of a maintenance agreement is connected, basically how the construction of the agreement works out, is an important conversation for us to have as service technicians with ourselves, with our service management function, so that we understand the ability to talk to a client. When a client says, well, why would I want to spend $169? I mean, I just, I just spent X with you. Didn't you do this already? And the answer to that is, well, it's mechanical, of course. And so, you know, it, the coil will get dirty again. And, you know, as we change filters and so forth, we need to come back and we need to make sure that all the conditions of the equipment are checked at least twice a year. So the value of your repairs then, whatever you're doing, has to be listed. You have to know what that is, and I'll show you what ours looks like. So we literally can show the client, well, this is what we're going to do to your system. Um, most customers today, they don't think twice about oil changes and you know, basically making sure that that oil change is done at you know, 3,000 miles, 5,000 miles, 6,000 miles, whatever. Back in the 70s, Nobody really believed that. Like that was a whole thing that got translated to marketing communications. People really didn't have the knowledge. I mean, so if you talk to people, you know, when I had my first car, I didn't know that. So until it was communicated and you saw the marketing and somebody said, well, yeah, you don't want to have your engine freeze up on you. You don't want to have that happen. So you need to bring it in, you know, for whatever, X dollars. We'll change your oil and we'll make sure that everything is right. Don't mess around with your filter either. Fram was very famous for this. You know, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. And they had the mechanic standing there over a broken down engine and, you know, the sullen customer. And so, you know, Fram oil filters are $3.99, whatever it was back in the day. They're more than that today. But $3.99 plus an oil change every 3,000 miles will keep you out of this. And then you had to get the picture of the guy standing there looking over the engine. And the guys, how much is that going to cost? Well, it's going to be about $3,000 to put a new engine in. So the discussion that we're having with Fram is the same kind of conversation that we need to be able to communicate to the client, that regular maintenance actually improves the life cycle of the equipment. So that is a benefit, and that's real life, if you're doing your maintenance. So the question becomes, know the value of the maintenance club agreement that you're pricing know the value of each of the benefits as they stack up what they're worth that's an important component and then know your benefits now what i want to do now once you understand generally speaking why these agreements are good for homeowners let's drill down and get into some more specific details some of the benefits that you may want to highlight in your service agreement program that really tells the homeowner you know why it's good for them this is all about your value proposition the key promise that you're making to your homeowners. Join me once again as we join Gary Alex to take a deep dive on some of these key benefits. So these are just uh, random benefits I've put up here. I'm not saying that they're right or wrong. I'm not saying that you as a company have these. Uh, this is an example of some benefits that we have. No overtime. As long as you're in the maintenance club, there's no overtime associated with any of the repairs that you would ever have if you call me out. And that's weekends as well, so that's an important consideration. Lower operating costs. So if we go to the studies that are out there, and there are some basic studies. Uh, one of the original studies was the Louisiana Cooperative Study back in the 70s and 80s. And uh, they studied the life cycle cost of equipment and operating costs if we just did regular maintenance. And basically, 
uh, even though it's an older study, we knew that that saved you know 30% up as, as much as 30%. It's not saying 30%, it's saying as much as 30%. If you had a dirty coil and uh, a dirty blower and you cleaned that up and you got that machine cleaned up, you could get the uh, system back operating. And so it could be as much as 30% uh, decline. So I wouldn't quote that number, but I would quote the idea to the homeowner that a clean system, you know, a clean coil, a system that's operating at peak efficiency is going to save you money because it's going to cost you less to operate it. It runs itself better. It's no different than, you know, you having dirty windows. You can't see out the windows. When you clean the windows, you can see through the windows. It's just a better efficiency. We're looking at a miles per gallon metaphor with our guys. So listen, when we tune your car up and we put your, position, your machine in a better position to run, your miles per gallon is going to improve. So obviously, uh, we don't really know what that is until we get in there and take a look at it. But it, if we do regular maintenance, we'll keep it operating at peak efficiency. That's going to save you money. And it will probably more than cost, it will probably more than offset the cost of the club agreement. Failures will drop. How do we know that? Well, we track that. We've been tracking that for a long time. So we know for sure that if we do regular maintenance, that does not mean that individual customer will not experience a failure. And there, and there, that lies, you know, one of the issues that you know the clients like. Well, you guys were just here and did the maintenance, and the machine's broken. What are you doing? So you're going to get some of that. That's real life. That's service managers will tell you. We get that on a regular basis. You have a big enough customer base. That's going to happen as a percentage. But we also know that we don't hear from the clients that didn't have a failure because it didn't occur. So what we can say is, is that our maintenance club customers represent a much lower percentage of our repairs in our crisis calls. And so that's the discussion we have with our men, is we've done the work, Mrs. Jones. We know for sure that our club customers just call us less for crisis repairs. It doesn't mean that you won't necessarily have a problem because that can happen. It's a machine. It's a mechanical device. But what it does mean is that you will never pay overtime. You're always going to pay the lowest price. We'll have a lifetime guarantee on repairs. That's our uh, unique selling proposition here. So that's another benefit. So we can communicate that to the homeowner and say, you know, nobody likes to have a failure or a breakdown, but we're always going to put you in the front of the line. So, you know, from the standpoint of being prioritized, we're going to put you in, you know, first or at least in the front of the queue for, you know, not, no new customers are coming in front of you. And if we do have to experience a repair, if we do the repair, you won't pay overtime. You will always pay the lowest price that we have, and we will guarantee that repair for life at that point. So that, those conversations are designed to overcome the emotional conflict that the homeowner is having with the idea of giving you the extra in our case, 169. It just doesn't feel good to give people extra money after I didn't want to give you the 650 in the first place. So, lower operating cost, lower failures. Um, we check the box of it's environmentally friendly. Um, one of the things that we want to communicate to homeowners today is that we are going to make sure that your system is not in a position where it's leaking refrigerant. Um, that's bad for the environment, especially if it's an R22 system. We know that. So we're going to make sure when we do our planned service or our cleaning checks uh, or our precision tune-up or whatever nomenclature that you're using, that we're going, to, we're going to make sure the system is operating at peak condition and that there are no environmental hazards or any issues along those lines. Now, a lot of people don't really care about that, 
but there's an awful lot of people that do care about that. So depending on the area of the country you're in, depending on how people's perceptions are set up, there's a bunch of folks that that is going to check a box for them. So it's better for the environment for me to keep your machine operating at peak efficiency. We use less electricity. That's less stress on the carbon side of things. This is a good thing for everybody. It's good for you. It's good for us. It's certainly good because you're not going to have the you know, future repair costs. The lifetime guarantee for us is important. We want to make sure that the customer understands that keeping themselves in the maintenance club allows us to take any repair that they have over here and puts them in a position where that repair is guaranteed parts and labor for the life of that system as long as they stay in the club. Now, if they drop out of the club, then all those warranties die off in the sense that there's no more lifetime guarantee. It's just the standard warranty for the part. Most of the customers, they like this because they're kind of ticked off about the idea that they just had a failure, and so especially if it's a new client. So the question becomes, you know, do you want to institute a five-year repair guarantee or a lifetime guarantee? So this is on our HVAC repairs. We do five years on plumbing. Water is different than heating and air conditioning, so we have not extended the plumbing repairs to the lifetime. We're strictly at the five-year mark. Now, there's some reasons for that because of where we are. Pretty hard water. The water's pretty terrible, actually. Uh, so next benefit is front of the line, uh, the life cycle of the equipment, and the product discounts. So I want to talk about the product discounts when we get back into the learning lab. What we're saying here is that we're going to give you dollars available for you to use to defer the price of an accessory upgrade, uh, or if you want an equipment upgrade, we're going to accrue dollars. So I'll just make believe for a second. Let's say that we give you $250 available to use towards the purchase of an accessory product that's in your flat rate book or your sales book. So uh, I'm, again, I'm making that number up. You can assign whatever number you want. So those are penguin bucks, buckeye bucks, uh, good guy bucks. You can call it whatever you want from a marketing communications point of view. I like the idea of branding that as part of your club agreement. But basically what we're saying is if you buy a UV light, whatever the price of the UV light is, we're taking $250 off of it because that's a coupon that you have as a part of being in the club. And so one of the other benefits that's going to be attached to this that you'll see on the nomenclature is that we're going to allow you some uh, specials from time to time. Basically, we're going to collect your email. Okay, so it's important as a service technician you understand this. Once we're in the club, we have the ability to market to you. Email drip campaigns are one of the most powerful and most effective and lowest cost per lead campaigns that we have today in our marketing platforms, period. It's not even close. SEO organic leads are first. Email marketing is second. They're the two best sources of costs to get leads. So that being said, what we're going to say here to a client is from time to time, we'll get with you and we'll promote specials that will be unique and internal to our customers only. This will not be public. So for us, a good example of that is the Sweet 16 or the 20-year blowout where we've given customers the opportunity to do an upgraded piece of equipment so they can buy a brand new 16-seer two-stage piece of equipment with a variable speed air handler. And, you know, for a one-day job, no duck mods or anything like that on this price point. But there's a price point attached to it. And we will come to them and we will offer them with a financing package. And we will give them a 16-year parts and labor warranty. 
That's not going to be marketed out to the world. That's internal to the existing customer base. So that's an example of an equipment promotion or an accessory promotion that gets offered in here where these types of benefits are offered to clients. Does that mean anything to me today? Probably not. I'm a little bit ticked off about the whole $650 thing. Not happy. I didn't get up in the morning and expect that. So, but it will mean something later as we transition away from this and we get a customer into the club program. What we're going to find is that we're starting to build a relationship with the client. We're not selling them anything. We're doing the maintenance. We're taking care of business. The customer might have two, three, four years of maintenance where we've dealt with it. By the way, the average maintenance ticket needs to be about $230 would be sort of a KPI on the minimum number. That's the, not just the price of the maintenance club agreement. That's you finding a potential repair occasionally and just you know, basically saying, hey, would you like to do this? Or additional repairs that come as a part of it. Maybe the customer wants you know, a, a, an additional coil cleaning. You want to pull the blower, clean the squirrel cage, things that are not included in the base agreement. So you're going to end up with repairs that drive this number higher. So I don't really care, and I don't think you should care as a company uh, or even as a technician. If the client doesn't buy anything today, that is, that's, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we took care of our responsibilities and we made the customer feel great about our brand experience. They will buy things from us if we do that. That's a certainty. So as the equipment ages and as the agreement itself ages, what's going to end up happening is the client relationship will then become much more trustworthy. We're no longer dealing with, I'm ticked for $650 plus the agreement. I've gone out and I've dealt with my mechanic and my auto enough that I know that he's not scamming me. He's not trying to sell me anything. He's got my best interest at heart. And so when he tells me, you know, hey, these rotors on your brakes are getting to the point where you need to start thinking about them. You're good. It's not something you have to deal with today. But it is definitely something that you need to be thinking about. You got another eight, maybe 10,000 miles on it. So just be thinking about that. So the identification of that opportunity is something that you build that trust. The point is, is that what happens is later, when it becomes a repair versus replace opportunity, or it becomes a sweet 16 or a blowout, you have that unique position of trust, authority, credibility. We've got the relationship. We've, we've established that we are a great company to do business with and that you're a great technician, so the customer is going to buy it from you. That's just the nature of the beast. That's why 67% more is the methodology that we know from the research existing customers will spend with that relationship versus brand new. You know, we're super excited here at Contract University about our new podcast series, Unfiltered. It's me and Gary and Drew sitting around, sipping whiskey, smoking cigars, and riffing on the contracting business. This week, I want to share another clip with you from our Unfiltered series. This is all about personal responsibility, what it is, and why it's so important to your success in life and business. Talk, talk about that a little bit. What, what is the measure of success for you? Focus, just getting focused on stuff like a bulldog and not letting go, and then never blame anything else. If it is to be, it's up to me. I live by a, a simple acronym, CPA. I cause, permit, or allow everything in my life to happen, for better or for worse. Now, it's true that sometimes things can happen in your life that are not your responsibility, or not your fault, right? You're in your office on 9-11 and a plane drives through your office. That's probably not your fault. You didn't permit or allow that to happen. You didn't cause it. 
But for the most part, most of the bad stuff in our lives, we've played some role in. I'll give you a perfect example. When I was in a penitentiary the last time, started making these changes in my life, I called home one day. And my wife at the time, Hunter's mother, was living with a family friend that I knew. Uh, I knew him before I went to jail. He was about 25 years older than her, so I wasn't worried about you know, any monkey business because he was an older guy. And I was grateful that she had a place to live and Hunter was there. And I called there and she tells me one day, she says, uh, you need to talk to Roy. Roy was the, the, the roommate. And I said, what's up with Roy? She said, well, he's getting very friendly. He put his arm around me at the grocery store, calling me hun, different things. I'm like, you know, no shit, put homie on the phone. I mean, I'm in prison, right? <laughs> so I said, homie, you better chill out. He goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, I said, Cheryl, Cheryl told me you've been being familiar and blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, did she happen to tell you I've been politely having intercourse with her the last six months? <laughs> and I'm like, nope. She did not mention that. I would have remembered that, right? <laughs> And I don't know why she did it that way. I guess she did in the heart to tell me herself. But in the ensuing weeks and months, I got so hurt, so angry, you know. And after a time, as I began to read and study, I realized that I put her in that situation. I left her alone with kids and, uh, you know, the embarrassment of a husband in prison. And she was desperate to survive and try to figure things out. And she turned to somebody else. And and so the, the more in my life that I can turn and, and see my role in the bullshit, the, the better I can deal with it, the more successful I am. A lot of people spend most of their life blaming others for their situation. This is great videos uh, from Will Smith, the actor. He has this great one on YouTube about the difference between your fault and your responsibility. It may not be your fault your mom was a drunk. It may not be your fault your dad beat you. But it's your responsibility to lead a successful life. Do what you got to do. And people confuse those things, and they think, well, if it's, not my, my, if it's not my fault, it's not my responsibility. Well, that's just not true. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Cracking the Code. I hope you get out there and really understand your maintenance agreement program, why it's good for you, why it's good for the business, and, of course, why it's good for the homeowner. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.